0: Welcome to Bike Talk with Dave. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I'm glad you're here. Bike Talk with Dave is a weekly podcast where I get to talk with some of the movers and shakers in the wonderful world of cycling. Say that twice. This week, I'd like to welcome Jason Strobin, the Director of Operations and Marketing for the Garmin Gravel World, which is a 150-mile gravel road race in Lincoln, Nebraska, on the third weekend of August. I reached out to Jason recently because they just announced that they just reached a significant milestone of 1,000 women participating in the event, which is an incredible number and an incredible feat. We talked about how they came up with that goal and how they reached it, as well as a bunch of other things all gravelly. But before I do, I want to invite you to try out this awesome offer from Adventure Plus. What is that offer? It's 90 days for free. What is Adventure Plus? Well, it's a super cool streaming platform with more than 600 adventure films. Great films on cycling, skiing, kayaking, rock climbing, trail running, and so much more. It's like Netflix for people like us. A subscription to it is about the price of a good cup of coffee, but it's actually even better than that as I've partnered with them to give you your first 90 days for free. Hundreds of adventure films with new titles added every week. Free for 90 days. And after that, you can decide if you want to keep it or cancel. It is up to you. So click the link in my show notes and start streaming your next adventure inspiration. Check them all out on adventureplus.com. Okay, so before you get sucked into some awesome adventure cycling films, you want to check out my fun conversation with one of the guys making gravel worlds possible, Jason Strobin. Jason Strobin, 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 Strobin. <laughs> Strobin. We'll go. We'll go with whatever you want to call me. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. The uh, what? What's your title? Director, do you call yourself – are you director, I, I mean no titles are
1: made up, right? But I'm they the are. director of operations and marketing for Gravel Worlds. Oh, direct, that sounds official for Gravel See, Worlds. Yeah, we're, we're – uh, it's all made up though, so I, <laughs> vice, vice chancellor of the world or something like that. I could make it up. Whatever.
0: <laughs> well, with the German name, I suppose vice chancellor might be fitting. Oh, maybe.
1: Let's take that back. Let's roll that back a little bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm so excited to enjoy a beer – with you virtually Absolutely. as you sit over there in lincoln nebraska and you are actually sending us maybe it was south dakota sending us a derecho at the moment so if i get blown out of here in the next hour then uh it was the derecho you guys sent to us but yeah there's a derecho rolling through northwest iowa south Sounds dakota like nebraska right now from
1: taco bell i don't know what a derecho, <laughs> what's a derecho oh you about? don't know what a derecho is oh gosh <laughs> Is that, like, a bomb cyclone or, like, a new, like, weather term? <laughs>
0: it, it, it Well, I learned it two years ago, maybe three now. But it's a, um, like, hurricane force winds for a long period of time.
1: Oh, got it. Got it. Like, oh, man, 90 to
0: 100 mile an hour winds for an hour.
1: Hour? Uh... And, Iowa had that that crazy windstorm last year that's, that just knocked over like half the state. That was Yeah, that, was,
0: that was a derecho. That's that was I think it was 2 years ago, but gotcha. um, yeah, my, yeah, that's that's how we learned what a derecho was. Is it came in and knocked all our trees over.
1: Yeah, it, and I mean, all the see, that singles, that one could, singles off it, our roots. 2 years ago you could see from space like you could see the whole like all the crops flopped, yeah. flopped over it, and stuff. It was it, crazy. Yeah, my, it was legitimately in in Iowa, bad. So, yeah. yeah. I grew up in Iowa, so I New people indirectly that were very much affected by that, so it was yeah. that was crazy. Well, hopefully that yeah. does not happen today. I I hope it doesn't happen. But if we're interrupted, that might be why. <laughs> that
0: might be why. So you are the Gravel World's dude, um, and you have a partner
1: in crime. Uh, yeah, we got a couple partners. So uh, Corey Godfrey and uh, Craig Schmidt. Those are the the three owner and and myself. We're the three owners of Gravel Worlds, uh, and then we also have uh, Sophia Gibson and who is our outreach coordinator. And we also have, uh, uh, Jamie Grandquist who is our volunteer coordinator. So we got, we got a team of five, that that puts on the event. Um, I'm the only full-time person at this point. Uh, I, it kind of got to a point where Corey and myself were, uh, just working ourselves to the bone where we couldn't, um, just weren't enough hours in the day. So we had to, we had to figure out a way to make this thing go full-time or, um, you know, so we, we were very fortunate that we we're able to do that and hopefully we'll be able to get him full time and just keep growing the Gravel family eventually. But yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a team effort. There's a lot of people behind the scenes as well uh, that put on the event that um, you know, don't get their name read a lot of times and volunteers especially at the events don't happen without volunteers. So it's definitely a community event, uh, but the team the official team is five.
0: Well, to be honest, that blows me away that there's even one person that's like a full-time employee of that uh, event because, I don't know, Gravel, Nebraska, August. Like those three (laughs) things just like sell me on your event. I am just blown away that it looks like 2010 was the first year it was actually called Gravel Worlds. There was a couple years before that that you guys gathered together some um, uh, folks who, who rode gravel. So, but let's say 2010, the Gravel Worlds begins. And this year, not just a thousand people, but a thousand women. And I'm like, I'm just blown away that your event has gotten to be big enough to have a thousand people to begin with, but a thousand women, which is awesome. And I want to talk in depth about that, but how did you guys get to uh,
1: 1,700 last year? What's your hope this year? Uh, We'll we'll be, we'll be over 2,500 this year. So that's crazy. It's it's, Nebraska gravel August. Yeah. Give me your sales pitch. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, before so uh, before Gravel Worlds in 2010, it was called the Good Life Gravel Adventure. You kind of hinted at that. So yeah, we, we switched. Uh, or Corey Godfrey switched the name to uh, Gravel Worlds in 2010. Uh, the first year, I think there was 120 people, just barely over 100 people uh, at the first uh, Gravel Worlds in 2010. And and we've had a just a slow steady growth. You know, it's we have thirty or forty percent growth about every year, and you know as those numbers get bigger, they just keep growing. And it's just the we don't we have spent zero dollars on advertising, zero dollars on social media. Like in the history of Gravel Worlds, we've never spent money on advertising. So this is one hundred percent word of mouth. Just people that come. And next year, like if half the people bring two people, you know, next year, then that's where that, that growth comes from. And, uh, it, it's really always goes back to the gravel family. You know, we say that a lot. Uh, we kind of pinged that term. I want to say it was in 2019. Um, we did a blog series called the gravel family and it really has resonated with us a lot. And the more we say it, it's just like, this is our chosen family. Uh, so that's, that's a huge reason for the growth is, is just when you come to this event, it's a community feeling like you're, there's people that will come to gravel worlds and some of the first people they meet the first night they're there, they're lifelong friends, you know, and that's uh, we've all kind of experienced that at gravel events in general. I know that my first gravel event, literally the first person that came up and said hi to me, I, I go ride with him all the time from my very first person that I met in gravel. Like I call a very dear friend, you know, six, seven years later. So, uh, gravel is very unique in that, that the community aspect is, is incredibly important and that I 100% hold that to the, the growth of, of gravel world. So we're, um, we're really, really thankful. And we know we can't do this alone. There's no amount of money we could, spend to grow a community like this you know it's not we would yeah we we just try to take care of the the gravel family and make sure people have an amazing time while they're here and make sure everyone feels welcome and uh and you know that that pays off and people come and keep coming back and we it and it's not it doesn't just go away after you know the the third weekend of august you know there we have people that come in to Lincoln now year round to just ride our gravel roads. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that in cities like Emporia and Stillwater and where these, you know, big, big races are blowing up. It's, it's a tourist thing now to come to these cities and just ride these endless gravel roads here in the Midwest. So I I'm very thankful that the, um, the flyover country mentality is changing across the country because people now are flying here to just be on our roads like we're that's crazy right and yes it is crazy we're, we're incredibly thankful uh for gravel and what it's teaching people to do of just slow down and see these parts of the country that you would normally just drive through and you never leave the interstate you just you're you know you head to the mountains or the things that are typically seen as beautiful and you just slow down and get to see the the rolling hills of the Midwest, and we're, we're very, very fortunate that we were uh, kind of at the right place at the right time of this resurgence of gravel that we get to be a part of this story. so yeah,
0: Oh, that's pretty cool. Why going way back, and, and maybe you can't answer, maybe we need to have uh, Corey and Schmidt on, but um, why 150 miles, and why August?
1: So the August was, uh, is the weekend is always right around Corey's birthday. So that was one, oh, that was okay. one reason. And he also, there were at the time there was, uh, trans Iowa and there at the time there was also like unbound, or uh, dirty Kansas at the time, which were kind of early. So trans Iowa was really early in the year. Uh, unbound uh, was, yeah, it was pretty early, you know, June, the first weekend of June, And Corey was like, we want, let's put something kind of at the end of the year where, you know, we can kind of wrap up the year. Now it seems like gravel doesn't really sleep. It's all the time, but you know, August was kind of the end of summer. People go back to school or, you know, you're done with vacations for the summer. So he's like, let's, let's do one that kind of wraps up the end of the summer, the end of the season. So, uh, that's kind of where the, the name and the timing (laughs) came, came around with that. So how the 150 miles? 150 miles. That one was kind of a, we didn't. It was kind of a in between of a lot of stuff. So there there was a a, a several smaller hundred mile events. Then you had uh, Unbound uh, that was 200, and then that then then. Trans Iowa was three fifty or three eighty or, or something like that. I can't
0: depending, remember. On yeah, depending on the year. three thirty to three fifty. Um,
1: so he it was kind of like an, an in between where this is still going to be an incredible challenge and and uh, without just completely ripping your insides out. Like he wanted it to be slightly <laughs> more in- obtainable but also hard to get. Uh, so that yeah that was a huge one. And then the other big thing too he he did think about doing a double century kind of like like unbound um, but we we have quite a bit more elevation up here than than down in Emporia so the even though we're 150 miles so we're 50 miles shorter than than unbound traditionally we have more elevation overall so even though we're 50 miles shorter we have more elevation so we we still have an incredible challenge we're just getting there in a different way and then we multiply that by the challenge of potentially pretty hot and humid in august statistically so uh at even though it's not a 200-mile event, I promise it'll be a really solid challenge. Uh,
0: I, I'm sure it is, <laughs> which, I mean, that's one of the reasons I haven't done it yet. It's like I can't even picture 150 miles in Nebraska in August.
1: Well, we got we it, we do have the 75, though. We have the 75 know, and 50K. I know, so, I like, know, I know. We do have something for everyone. It's not— You do, not, I know. We're not going to rip but, the insides out of everybody.
0: Maybe I'll, I'll uh, come do the uh, 50K on a bike. Actually, maybe the 50-50, huh? 50-50 double. There we go. There's a new name. I just came up with a new event for you. The 50-50 double. Run 50K the 50K Friday and then 50K. ride the 50K. Okay.
1: You can there do what you, you want. I mean, you could sign up for both. Do yeah, you, you, yeah, do you yeah. run? Will you, will you give could me
0: you a- run 50K? Dude, I did a- uh, It was a 106K. I signed up for a 100 miler on gravel in Iowa. I made it 106K. Wow, fifty I'm k doesn't feel that I could do that.
1: Um, Good for you! I running is terrible, and I applaud everybody <laughs> that that does it. I'd say that with so do you, much love. Do you, I say it with so much love. <laughs> I, Do you
0: put I, on a, a running an ultra running event and you just said running is terrible?
1: Oh, I'll hold to it. <laughs> I'll hold to it. We, I love our running friends, and they. It's so funny, like I, that we've added the run and just getting to hang out with more runners and being in the cycling world. It's like a lot of times when we talk about biking and stuff, we have our own little language, and you're right. kind of on both sides. And so when I started hanging out with more runners and you know having getting help with the event on the runner side. And just, like, they have their own little language, too, talking about shoes and socks oh, yeah. and all this different, like, they have their own lingos for different things. And it's like, oh, I love it. But I hate running, but I love it. It's so great. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's
0: awesome you do that. Tell me about the double and the double-double because I yeah, think that's okay. kind of so cool. The...
1: The double we so this year for gravel worlds, uh, kind of mentioned it there. We added a fifty k ultra marathon uh, on Friday. So we have the day before all of our main cycling events. We now have an ultra marathon that's pretty much a hundred percent on gravel, um, and it'll actually be the same. So the fifty k course will essentially be identical to the fifty k bike course. So the people that are doing the biking on Saturday, that while they're doing it. They'll, I guarantee you they'll be saying, I can't believe somebody ran this. This is crazy. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, it. Uh, the idea came uh, – we got a lot of inf- inspiration from our good friend Bobby Wintle down at Mid-South. Uh, he added a, a 50K ultra marathon, a gravel ultra marathon in 2016. And then in 2017, he had uh, what he called the double, which was you do the 50K ultra on Friday and then you bike – for him, it was the hundred mile, but for us, it'll be our 150 mile event. And it's a combined time of both the run and the bike. Uh, so we called, we called him before we launched this and it's like, Hey, we don't, we don't want to, uh, sound like we're copying here, but we're copying you here. Right. So, uh, <laughs> flattery, uh, yeah. mimic is the best mi- time of y- fla- flattery. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So he, he, uh, he was super stoked. Obviously I don't think Bobby's ever said anything negative about anything. So he, uh, he was super uh, supportive and, you know, he helped us out, you know, get the word out and everything. So total love there. Um, but kind of in the same conversation with the idea um, I had, I was like, okay, first I want to get his blessing. And then second, I want to talk about this other idea. So we, we've we kind of seen in Gravel the kind of ugly head of division r- rearing itself in there uh, whether that's you know i i only go to i only do this race or i only i'm mid midwest gravel versus east coast gravel or whatever the division was we kind of started seeing that in there and i you know i had this conversation with bobby i was like what do you say out of just a sign of unity between two very independent events we've both been fiercely independent of you know we are independent we're not part of an organization we're not we're less licenses less rules all that stuff so what if two very independent races as a sign of unity come together and do something really freaking epic and so he loved the idea so the double double so the mid-south gravel world's double double championships if you can get all that down (laughs) is um it's a combined time of all four events over a span of almost exactly six months so his, his event is already done and dusted in uh, back in March so it was the combined time of his run and his bike uh, at the mid-south and then it's going to be a combined time of our rate our run and our bike so it'll be four total events uh, spanning I think it's like 380 miles or something like that um, half on, or 250 uh, K's uh, ultra and then 250 miles of biking. Literally, his event the the double double started in the snow. It's it was snowing down yeah. at the mid south, and it's going to end in the heat in the fires of summer in August. So, <laughs> it's just it's a very incredible story that storyline. That it, this might be a one and done. We might do it one year for fun, or or we might do this for a hundred years. Who knows? But it was it's it's really cool. Um, we're gonna see how how it goes and reevaluate if we want to keep doing it. But it's. It regardless, it, it's probably one of the hardest challenges on gravel for, for this year, for sure. Um, I can't think of another event that's divide or another challenge that's divide over six months that is running and biking and in brutal conditions. And it's 100% you. There's no at that point it's not about drafting it's not about any of that it's just you and your bike for or your running shoes versus the elements so we're really excited about it uh the 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 top of the podiums are so close in time like the i think the men's top 3 are divided by like 18 minutes and the women's podium is divided by less than an hour so it's literally anyone's race like anybody could do this and in in reality we haven't done a double at gravel world so we don't know what the finish rate's going to be it, hmm. it might be, be that extra 50 miles of biking could be like the nail in the coffin for a lot of people so we'll see it's going to be it's going to be really interesting it could be the podium literally might be the three people that finish we don't we don't know so
0: <laughs> how many have come from mid-south and are signed up for Gravel Worlds.
1: We had, uh, I think it was forty six that started the double double ch- challenge. So they were signed up for both. Uh, I think we're down to twenty three or twenty four. So th- those were people that didn't finish the first double. <laughs> so okay. that's how, yeah. it, it basically cut in half already. Uh, it was pretty brutal conditions uh, down yeah. at the double. Uh, but that we, most of those people that were signed up for the double double are still going to come and do ours, uh, even if they didn't finish the other double, but it's just an added bonus for those people that did finish. So, and then we have a lot of people that are doing this just to do it very similar to, uh, like gravel in general, you know, most of the people that are doing this are challenging themselves. They're not going up against anyone other than themselves. So really excited for, uh, those people too, and just accomplishing something that maybe is only going to be done once, we'll see, but it's we're we're really, really excited yeah for those.
0: cool. I'll be uh following that with interest, Mary Beth orr who I interviewed one or two weeks ago, she did unbound, and then a week later did the Iron Man in Des Moines, which I thought was amazing, but she's coming to do your double
1: nice, I like yep. it, yep. I like she's it, yeah, the tough kid. They, that I, it's it is is mind-boggling to me. I mean, it's it's a challenge to do our 150 mile event, um, and the, just to add that unnecessary challenge, <laughs> you don't have to do it. But <laughs> exactly, I just, it, it it always is so. Uh, I was actually thinking about this on the bike this morning, just how beautiful it is that people, as as humans, we want to challenge ourselves. Right? It's right. it's boring to just sit on the couch all day it's easy and and sometimes we go a long time doing that but like like as a human species we challenge ourselves and we do things that we don't need to do that are just the only purpose of it is to do a challenge and this is one of those things uh so i'm I'm excited to watch and see see people learn something about themselves and uh, it's it's almost like a spiritual experience i love it so it it'll be i'm very excited also to watch the double and just watch people turn themselves inside out to, to find something about them inside. (laughs) Absolutely. And you keep talking about how hard stuff is. I want to talk about
0: the thousand women, but I want to ask one more thing about the course. Um, Gosh, driving through Nebraska, of course, the only road on in Nebraska is I-80. I'm saying that facetiously. A little bit.
1: I, 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 I will apologize for anybody that's driven through Nebraska <laughs> on Interstate Eight. It's not.
0: It is a long. It is this unnecessary. We didn't, we it's didn't drive necessary. you through
1: the postcard. That's for sure.
0: No, no. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, living in Iowa, we get the same kind of comments when somebody gets off the interstate and yep. into the rolling hills of the countryside. Like it is not flat. Yep. How did you come up with the course? Do you try to kill people? Talk about <laughs> the elevation. That's a great did, question. Did you just find the biggest hill
1: and go up and down and up and down and up and down? <laughs> yeah, you just do do hill climbs for yep. for uh, eight hours. Um, no, so that that's actually a really good point. And and that, again, that kind of goes back to the the first thing about how that's what's so great about this resurgence of gravel is people are getting off the interstate and or getting off the plane that they just fly over and like, especially from a a plane. Yeah. Even, even the mountains kind of look flat, you know, from, from 50,000 feet. So, um, so yeah, it does look flat. It looks like a bunch of straight lines with crop circles in the middle. And, and I get that a lot of people, especially the interstates, the reason the interstates are where they are is because it was the path of least resistance for every major Highway when they were designing, right? They found the easiest way to go across. So for Nebraska and Iowa, they they follow like riverbeds, so it's flat the whole way. So then you know Interstate eighty is about ten miles away at the most from the Platte River, which is one of the flattest rivers in the country, right? So yep. it's that that's why when you drive across Nebraska, it's like, man, this is so boring, and it is because it's following. It, it does have its beauty in its own way, but it it's not people don't think there's hills there, but you get 15 miles away from the interstate and it's beautiful rolling hills. Like the, you know, Nebraska has the sand hills. Um, mm-hmm. Iowa has the lust Hills on the, the yep. west side of the state and on the east side of the state along the river. I mean, it, there's beautiful, beautiful landscapes of constant rolling hills across the middle of this country that when yep. you get on bike, it it forces you to slow down and realize, wow, this grassland and this farmland is where our food comes from it's where um just there's so much beauty so it i i really really like that you brought that up um because it is it is beautiful once you get off the interstate so um as far as putting a course together no our goal is not to try to kill people like and just find (laughs) the hardest things obviously we there are um roads that are favorites of ours because they have really cool like big climbs or um you know something different about them. So we like to go to those, but that we're, we're on roads that we have like, that's, that's just what we have. Um, our everything out here and it's the same in Iowa is everything's on a perfect one mile grid. So you, every single mile you'll come to a stop sign and you can choose if you want to go straight left or right or turn around, I guess. (laughs) So you have four choices (laughs) at pretty much every intersection you might get one section that's two miles with no uh, no section, but it's pretty much always a hundred percent a mile grid. So, for us, I, I it's very easy to put a course together because no matter where we go, it's beautiful constant rolling hills. So, we'll have a couple river valleys that you might have a couple miles where you don't have some hills, but it's when you're riding out here, you're pretty much going either up or down three to six percent the whole time. There's there's no no in between. It's like, you're either going up or down with a maybe flat spot every 10, 15 miles or something like that. So, um, and that you know, those, you know, 50 mile or 50 feet at a time, you know, you might go only up 50 feet, but then you go down 50 feet and you do that three times in a mile, you realize like, okay, it's, my legs are definitely telling me I'm awake right now. So, <laughs>
0: Right. Right. Up and down the teeth of a saw.
1: That's right. Yep. Or we call the we call them the gravel seas here. So that's why, oh, that's sure. kind of the right. I, where we get the pirate theme is that that's where that kind of came from sailing the gravel seas. So oh, I love it. I love it. That's
0: I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yep.
1: That's where that name um, came from.
0: What about wind? What kind of wind do you see in August?
1: <clears throat> uh, it wind is always this year has been relatively not windy, uh, but it can definitely be, uh pretty gnarly winds like there's been years that we have 20 mile an hour winds it i mean for and okay i will say wind is relative because and you know this kind of depending on what
0: direction you're going right
1: yeah and and it's also like to someone who lives like in the mountains where there's usually not a lot of wind when they have like a 10 mile an hour wind they're like wow it's crazy windy out here and we're like this is like a breeze like right? right so it it like you could probably expect at least a ten mile an hour wind in some direction, um, and honestly, I I would rather have some kind of wind than nothing because the the humidity, especially in August, can be brutal with all the the moisture coming off the the cornfields and bean fields. So having some breeze like just helps move that moisture around where if there's, if it's like a perfectly still day, it's going to feel like you're in the middle of a, a jungle, you know? So mm-hmm. um, I honestly prefer if there's a little bit of a wind, but you know, anything you can expect about 10 to 15, it's pretty normal. We'll have some years that, you know, you start getting into the twenties where you, you really feel it, especially if it's a headwind, but yeah, um, yeah that's usually, usually about average.
0: It's kind of like riding a single speed. Sometimes whatever gear you're in, Sometimes it's too big and sometimes it's too small and occasionally it's just right. And same with the wind. Sometimes it's your friend and sometimes it's your foe. Yeah. Like just depends.
1: And sometimes it feels like no matter what direction you're going, it's your enemy. So you you just get those like cross 45 degree ones where it's like, it never quite helps. And like, never, it's kind of always hurting a little bit, but that's, that's, just part of the challenge, right? You gotta. That
0: is, yep. That's. I, I feel like that's one of the characters of the Midwest. Yeah. Is, is our is our wind? You may not see that in yep. uh, Utah or Vermont or California, but here yep. we have. Well, we have wind to blow you across the gravel seas.
1: That's right. That's right. Hopefully, forever. Uh, may the wind forever be in your favor. Right. <laughs>
0: indeed, indeed. So let's talk about women. You guys uh, created an initiative to get a thousand women signed up for, I assume all of your events.
1: Yep. Yep. It's across the board and you hit it and volunteers. Yep.
0: And volunteers and you hit it just recently. That's awesome. Tell me about that initiative, where it came from and, and kind of what the hope is with it.
1: Yeah. So, um, the, the idea started was kind of thrusted up upon us because we so last year in twenty twenty one gravel worlds had twenty eight percent women's participation and you know at the end of the year you always you know meet back up with sponsors and you talk about the year you know let's move forward how are we gonna do that you know you just have sponsorship shot talks as as an event and we were having a conversation with one of our sponsors and we were frankly kind of embarrassed by our women's participation of twenty eight percent you know like that's doesn't seem good. 28% women does not seem good. Um, and then the, every single sponsor was like, wow, that's like double the average of gravel races. And we were, we we're like, well, this is now embarrassing for a whole nother reason that, that, that we're double the average, like 10, 10 to 20% is like a good amount for, for gravel races. Like that's really, really sad. So uh, very quickly, I, I sat down and was like, okay, I, we need to do something. We sat down with the team and was like, we need to do something that just shakes this to the core and show that this isn't okay. Um, uh, so we, um, basically, essentially we're like, let's triple the number of women that we've had. And one thing we love to do at gravel worlds is give money away. Uh, so we were like, and let's raise money on behalf of those women too. That goes to the NICA program here the girls riding together program which is uh basically helps uh girls and young young women who are in middle school and high school you know get into bike racing so um let's raise money at the same time while we do it and in hindsight, it was terrifying. It was like or in, intentionally it was a terrifying goal. Like we, we, I personally have, am of the mentality of when you set a goal, like make it way bigger than you think you can. So if you fail, like you're still way better off than than what you were. Um, I've always had that mentality, and obviously carried it into this goal. <laughs> and after you know we opened registration, you obviously have the hopes of like, oh, this is gonna sell out right away. It's huge. That's we did tight. have a lot of of hype and like, oh, we're going to sell out in the first day. And it didn't happen. And we I think we had just over 500 women when we, we started. And we're like, okay, this is actually going to be tough. This is going to be <laughs> tough to get to. Um, which is, we're going to okay. have to put we're, our
0: shoulder to the wheel.
1: Yes, we're, we're going to keep doing it. And uh, one thing we also did, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, is we very intentionally didn't want to spend money on advertising. One, to be able to donate as much as we could. And two, we wanted to prove that this wasn't done because women were coerced coerced by ad dollars. They were encouraged and inspired by other women doing this. And that was the whole point of this process is like, we don't want this. These these women aren't bought to be here. They they want to be here because they were encouraged by the Gravel family to be here. Um, so we were, we're very, very thankful that. It it happened and it was it just was it it was just a slow like trickle of you know fifteen twenty women a week that sign up over a six month time period they you know we eventually hit it and we um we were getting really close uh you know early June we still had a hundred and fifty or so women to go so we still had a long ways to go and I was like okay we need to do something get this back in the limelight because this, this was going to be monumental for gravel if we can do this. So uh, we, we created the I am one campaign, which um, essentially any woman that was coming to gravel worlds could email or message us a photo of themselves. And we would put the, I am one, I am one woman of a thousand and share that with them and what this means to them, because th- there's nothing I can say as a straight white man. That's a, uh, going to motivate a bunch of women, especially with a mustache right now that is going to motivate <laughs> women to, uh, okay. to come to our event. Like this is going to be done by women encouraging other women. So um, that once we did that, the the last 150 took just over two weeks to, to get, And and that was, it goes back to the power of the point of this is that women encouraging other women that they can do this, that they can be a part of this gravel family. Um, so yeah, we, we reached it about a week ago, a week and a half ago now, and, uh, we're, we're still going. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we get 1100 women or more here. So it, I I don't know like registration numbers for other events, but I would, I would highly predict we're going to be one of the largest gatherings of women on dirt for 2022, which we're incredibly honored to get to be a part of that. Um, and, and overall we're, we're very, very thankful for not just women, but everyone that encouraged more women to come. Um, and so we're, we were able to reach our goal of a thousand women. We're also able to reach our goal where we're going to be um, raising $15,000 to that NICA organization. So um, that's going to go a very, very long way of fostering, and encouraging the next generation of female cyclists. So overall, the, the, we're incredibly proud to get to be a part of, this next step. Um, and there's been the other thing we always want to be sure to do is acknowledge those that came before us that we're doing, that we're making movements. So there's countless, uh, female athletes that have encouraged other women. I know we're, we're really close to like Allison Tetrick, who's encouraged countless women to get on bikes and, and fi- fall in love with gravel. She's a huge supporter of gravel world. So people like her, but then also, Um, Christy Moan and Leland Danes, uh, who, who did the 200 women doing 200 miles uh, Mm -hmm. in 2017 at, and at the time in 2017, so 200 women, right. That, that doesn't seem a lot now, but at the time they were told that that goal is impossible. You're never going to do it. You're not going to do it. Um, and they did it. They sold that one. (laughs) The reason our hopes were up was because of them and they sold it out in (laughs) like a day or something like two days or something. So, um, But but there there's and uh Bobby Wintle in twenty sixteen was the first major event that guaranteed women would have a spot no matter what, even if registration sold out. So and then countless other local teams and local bike races who are doing things that don't necessarily have as much of a reach as we do on social media and get as much attention that they are doing so much locally um to encourage more women to get on bikes. So this is not on us, this is 100% on the gravel family that they, they were able to, that we, we were all able to accomplish this. So we're, we're just very thankful to get to be a part of this unique part of history and, or history. Um, and we are going to be there to encourage and, and be there to support who pushes the bar next. Cause we're, we hope in five years, there might be a 5,000 women event, you know, that something that's just super encouraging to, to keep the bar moving in the right direction. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. I love that. My wife races and well, she's looking at a, a couple of road races this weekend and she's like, Oh, four people have signed up Four, really four, you know, and I think it, one of them pays, you know, five deep, the other might pay 10 deep or something. And it's like, come on. Like, I love that you're encouraging this uh this movement so keep it up keep it up
1: and we and we know it's it's not done either Um, we know when it comes to diversity and cycling especially that we still have a long ways to go especially with our um people of color our uh, non-binary and lgbt family we know we still have a very long way to go when it comes to inclusion so um we definitely hear the voices of, of those people that still feel like they aren't seen and and welcomed as much in gravel. And we, we hear you and we see you and we know our work isn't done and we're going to keep, keep moving forward until gravel is a super diverse place that represents the beautiful diversity of this world. So yeah, we're, we know the work isn't done. Um, and we, once you stop, um, Christy Moan told me once that once you stop working, and pushing the bar forward it just reverts back to what it was before which is a bunch of rich white men in spandex right and right i think we can all safely say that it's okay if we don't have that 100 <laughs> yep, at gravel yep. races we love it but it, it's just so much more fun to have diverse voices and stories and experiences that you get a because that's what we do when we're out on the gravel roads right we're talking where are you from where like what club are you with what all that stuff you those stories. And it's like, if every story is the exact same, that's not as much fun. So yeah, it's, it's great. We're, we're super excited for, for this year and what's going to come and who's going to push the bar forward after us.
0: Yeah. Well, I applaud your efforts in pushing it forward. Keep pushing, oh, keep pushing. Definitely thank keep you. pushing. Well, I'd love to ask you about a couple of other things. All right. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I have this discussion with guys from Iowa, and as as you know, Iowa, we consider to be the um, where it all started. Of course, that's pretentious, but we like to think with um, uh, Trans Iowa,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, that's kind of where it all started. And like, there's there's there are a bunch of races here, and a bunch of races that might get eighty to a hundred people, maybe one hundred and fifty. What do you think the recipe is that you guys put together, that Unbound put together, that Mid-South put together? What is it that differentiates one race from all of the others? What what can bring a a race to the forefront of people's minds and make them want to join the fray?
1: Uh, as far as like the bi- the quote unquote big events, is that what you're kind of? Yeah. What like what's bit? the
0: recipe? What's the recipe gotcha. of um, these big events? You didn't start out as a big event. You started out with 120 yeah. people.
1: Um. I mean, first, I I do want to highlight the importance of. I, I hate kind of saying it like smaller events. You know, the the hundred or three hundred people events. That that is where people start on gravel. that most people their first event isn't a super intimidating or often intimidating, you know, 5,000 person event. That's not I would agree with so that. So we we at Gravel Worlds, we support our our local small events like we go Run Oasis's forum. We we help if they have questions, we come and help, we help where we can. So it's incredibly incredibly important to us that we're not in any way think less than or think we're better than, or think less of events based on their size, because my first event was a hundred person event. And that passion came from, I don't even know if it was a hundred people to be honest, it, it probably was less than a hundred people. So the passion that I fell in love with instantly from the first time I rode gravel was from a small event. So um, the, the biggest, I, I want to say the biggest, thing as far as growing an event is is time and sacrifice is is two huge things that i think go unseen and i there so i i came on the scene specifically with gravel worlds in 2018 at that time cory had built it built it uh, cory and uh, Schmidt had built it up to you know 700 people and it was it was doing really well and i was just kind of in the right place at the right time i have a really good like business mentality of where i can could help grow it and i'm really good at marketing so that that really helped um as far as us but there are countless countless hours of weekends and nights that that Corey and Schmidt sacrificed that i know and and gravel worlds was completely free until 2015 so they were doing all of that just from the passion of gravel so that, that's, that's the huge one is, is sacrifice. And yeah. I know Bobby Wintle and Christy Moan and Leland Danes and all those, um, and, um, the, the people that are, have had built these big events that they had countless hours of essentially making no money and just doing it for the passion of, of the event and, Um, Some of it's luck. I'll I'll probably admit that of being at the right place at the right time. And Corey says that all the time with humility that, you know, if he would have gotten on the scene five years later, it would have been someone else. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, but there's even in, even for myself, there was a long time where I wasn't really making any money or I wasn't making any money with gravel worlds. I was just doing it because I loved gravel. I loved this, this community and, um, w- was, you know, up on Instagram, you know, doing social media posts and all that stuff for free because I liked it. And I loved the the people coming and experiencing our gravel roads and getting to be a part of that. So, um, and that, that passion is what is kind of your currency when in that sacrifice, when you're, you're not able to, to make money off of it. And, yeah. Uh, a lot of the the promoters that I know for for smaller events, you know, they might make they might only make a thousand dollars or something after off their event, and and some of them lose money. I don't recommend yep. that. I'm not a huge fan of of <laughs> you know it promoters losing money off events because sure. it is a lot of work. But it is a lot. It of does work. happen, you know. So, um, I guess I don't know. I think I think no, I think I think, lot think lot you do know, and I think of... you
0: hit the nail on the head. To be honest, <laughs> I think that's that's it is the sacrifice and the rolling up the sleeves and getting to work, uh, really, I mean, kind of year round, but
1: I, I know there's, I, I want to be clear too. I know there's a lot of people that, that have sacrificed a lot that they haven't, they they haven't had the same success quote unquote success as it's perceived of having a big event. So, um, there's, there's amazing, amazing promoters I've met at, at in Iowa that have, um, you know, that are, that have all the passion and they sacrifice and they just, you know, haven't, haven't gotten to where their event grows, but in, and it's also, um, sticking with it too. Cause Mm -hmm. I mean, there were, there were many, many times that, that Corey wanted to hang in, hang up the flag. Right. And, and, um, that, that was one of the great things of, of me coming on the team is it, it helped move, move the event forward where, um when when people just need help so and that that's kind of maybe another thing is it's okay to ask for help it's okay to uh as a promoter to to let the community come behind you and support you when you need need to be lifted up so mm-hmm. um it's a slow it's a very slow process for most gravel races you know people very for, often forget that unbound started with i think their first year was 38 people or something like that well who like would want was... to
0: ride 200 miles in kansas
1: <laughs> exactly. So it, it with sharp dagger like rocks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so like the, people really forget that and it was a very slow growth and there was a point where kind of like all, I feel like where we're kind of at where it's like that growth feels like it's a lot more but it's really not. It's it's still we're growing about 40% a year but when you're 40% of 2000 that's a way bigger number the next year than 40% of 38 people for, for unbound. Right. right? So, right. Um, so yeah, it's just a slow grind of sacrifice and passion. So yeah that's a, that's a actually very, very good question. I appreciate that, that question. That's
0: a, a very, very good answer too. And I think one that every, I mean, anybody who begins anything, like the hardest work there is, is getting the flywheel moving yep. and, then and, and then keeping, keeping, it, keeping moving. it moving and yep. keeping it moving. Yeah. Yep. Keeping energy in it. So let me ask you this. Um, you, you call yourself gravel worlds. You used to, uh, um, award a rainbow Jersey. I do not believe you do anymore. Um, what do you think of the UCI gravel series?
1: Uh, so we do have our version of a, uh, gravel worlds Jersey. So you get a rainbow Jersey. Um, our, we, it's different than what it used to be. Um, we probably when we were small and nobody knew who we were, we, the, the jerseys did fly a little too close to the sun. You might say on the design choices, <laughs> you uh, mean they were, <laughs> I've seen so, Raybex. Uh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's gorgeous. Was, uh, They're gorgeous. Yeah. And so we have our own, uh, version of the rainbow there. And, and it was, uh, it was kind of a tongue in cheek, when when gravel works world started that's what the name gravel worlds came from is like there was mountain bike worlds and road worlds but nobody knew what gravel was right Right. nobody nobody was doing it nobody like nobody was going to be doing this thing in 10 years or if there was it wasn't going to be a huge thing maybe but um yeah, Gravel Worlds was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. Uh, I think Corey believed in Gravel a lot more than than most people that were there. like people that were just there for fun. Corey really thought like this is going to be something special. There's something unique here, that it is going to grow. And so yeah, he's like, well, you know what, Gravel Worlds needs to be here in the Midwest where it started. So that's why he changed the name of the event to Gravel Worlds. Um, yeah, but then, so now we do have a World Championship jersey. And, uh, you know, we hand it out, but you know, the best, the best trophy that we give out is the pirate sword. That's the ultimate, Ooh. you get the Jersey, but the overall winners get a pirate sword, like a real pirate sword. <laughs> not, not like you could cut somebody's really? hand. One off that goes clink
0: and, and clank part. when you hit it. Not thud. Oh yeah.
1: It's, oh it, wow. They, our, our swords are made by a, a literal world-class, uh, award-winning blacksmith that's based here in Lincoln. So wow. I don't know if you've seen the show forged in fire. I have Um, on Annie he's he's the youngest winner of that show and he's the youngest two-time winner of that show and there's only like a handful of people have won have been invited back to to win uh, again so yeah very very talented bladesmith that he he makes our swords so they're they are legit they're super cool Um, but yeah so that's the that's the real prize though that is a real prize for sure everybody likes the sword the best so I bet that's Um,
0: awesome (laughs) It's like That's getting the ore card right. at Leadville.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or the the belt buckle at Unbound. I think. Yep. Don't they have the belt buckle? Um, Rebecca Rush. I think Rebecca Rush has the cowboy hat. Is that what her? Yeah. Yes. So I could be right. Cool yeah. Tro- yeah. Gravel. You do. You gravel, gotta have you gotta a. Gotta have a cool appropriate
0: trophy, so. cool trophy for sure.
1: <laughs> yep. um, so yeah, then uh, as far as the UCI getting into gravel, you know, we we wish them the best. I don't think how they would run an event is how we would run an event and how and vice versa right we're we're gonna do events differently than they would um the the uci has done a great job of uh expanding the sport of cycling around the world that's that's undeniable um they've reached every corner of the world uh through through high level racing and so you know, if they bring more attention to gravel and get more people into gravel around the world, then then I think that that's a good thing. And a rising tide raises all boats Um And, and I really I really do feel like they have a unique um, ability to reach the European market that we don't have in when it comes to gravel. And it's like if, you know, if next year we have double the number of people of from Europe that are coming to experience the middle of the United States, that's that's awesome. Um or, or any of the gravel races, you know, if it's East coast or West coast, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, yeah, I, I genuinely believe like a rising tide raises all boats. So we wish them the best and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll see how their first year goes with, with their gravel events. Uh, I'm not falling it too close cause it's kind of crunch time for, for us right now, but yeah, I, I think it'll overall, hopefully bring more people into gravel, get more people into the gravel family. And we'll, we'll be happy to have them here in Lincoln whenever, whenever they want (laughs) to come.
0: I like your attitude.
1: So you guys put
0: on the, uh, the long voyage 300 miler. And according to your website and your, your rules and your regulations, it's an unsupported event. You can't have uh, somebody meeting you out there with a tent or, Or uh, handing you up water bottles from the car or pushing you up the hills. So unsupported. How do you feel about this storytelling aspect of that? And let me just say, let's say, um, let's say Emily Batty, a Red Bull athlete, signs up. She wants to do the 300 miler and she wants to bring a Red Bull film crew. Mm -hmm. How do you handle that?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. And and we have athletes this year that are coming to do the 300 that, you know, we we have uh, film crews that are approved to be out on course. But um, I mean, all of our events are technically self-supported. That's one unique thing about Gravel Worlds compared to a lot of the other major races is we even even for our shorter distances, you can't have team vehicles out on course. So like at our, at our anywhere, there's no aid point. There's yep. no... So our, yeah, you, you, obviously we have checkpoints and aid stations, but those are provided by us. So every single athlete has the exact same experience once you leave the start line in all of our events. So, um, we, that was kind of how gravel started. And that was one really important thing for Corey is that that that's one rule that we don't want to change at least in the near future. Um, and so, so from whether you're a first place sponsored pro all the way to the very last place, you have the exact same water opportunities. You have the same nutrition opportunities. You have everybody has the exact same experience um, as everyone else. That's that's really important to us because that's that's what gravel was when it started. When when it started, it was buddies. You'd put a course together and then you meet up for a beer at the end, right? And whatever you could find along the way, if you could find a gas station on course, then you would stop at a gas station. So we still we still go to the Malcolm General Store, which is maybe a like four of my offices in, in size. (laughs) And, uh, we still go to the Malcolm general store. So if you run out of cliff bars, you have to go to the Malcolm general store. If you want a cliff bar, obviously we have our checkpoint that is loaded with nutrition sponsors. And, uh, we have free hot dog, free Nebraska, all beef hot dogs at the, at the checkpoint that people can get and stuff. But, um, I did want to reiterate that there's always some current confusion on that. So yes, every event is self-supported the long voyage specifically is to the extreme of self-supported. It is 100% you and your bike versus the elements. It's there. Even to the point where we don't want people out on course cheering for people. If, if it's just for one person, right? So it's like, if the, the rules of that one is like, if you provide anything, even, even cheering, you have to be there for the first person and the last person so oh, if you're doing wow. that, if you're doing that out on course and you're at mile 200, that gap could be, you know, 12 hours. So right. if you're gonna be out there for 12 hours, that's fine. Uh, but huh. you know, moral support at on an event like that it can be considered, um, considered you know an advantage that other people don't get. So, um, great question about uh, about the film crews. So we with our film crews, we we have it where. They they cannot interact in any way with the athlete that they're filming while they're while they're racing, so um, the only time they can really even be kind of close to them is at the gas stations where they fill up. So they you know they can't be out on course cheering for them as they go by their film crews. Like they if they're if they go out there and film they can't cheer for them even like it's like they just be quiet and film them quiet, as they go by them go and go by ignore they can't, them. They absolutely cannot stop at that and talk to them. Um, it, cause that's that that's an advantage that somebody who doesn't have a Red Bull sponsor in your example, um, that, that other people don't have that it can be in when you're riding in the middle of the night and you're alone and you're in pain at mile 150 in the middle of the or a hundred, whatever you're at in the middle of the night, and you know, in twenty-five miles, I've got a film crew that I can go talk to for a little bit. That's that's a motivation that other people don't get. So, um, very good question. We we lay out those rules uh, for any film crew that wants to to be a part and capture the the uh, the event. So, oh, very cool. Again. And
0: do they like make a formal request? If they want yeah, to do
1: so we, such we, we, anybody that's registered for the long voyage, will send out an email that, you know, says if you're, if you're planning on having film crews, please reach out to us first. They have to make sure they follow X, Y, Z rules and they'll, they'll reach out and we have a, we have a media release and media or media agreement that yeah. we, we have them sign. And I mean, and honestly, most of the, th- most of the things on the media uh, agreement are about safety. It's like if mm. you see someone hurt, you're required to stay with them until they get help. Like like that's oh, okay. most of the that's contract cool. for the media release is like be a good person. <laughs> <kind of thing. laughs> it's too bad and, you have to put and, oh, yeah, that in writing. Way, like, don't yeah, and don't don't help your uh, don't help your athlete by the way. Yeah. <laughs> kind of huh.
0: Well, I feel like that's a good way to address it. Do you have your own crews out there filming, shooting? Um and can they, they interact
1: crews? They they won't be out there they won't be out there like all night um we will have film crews for ourselves that are capturing some of it um but for the most part we we do as little as we can to interact with them because it's hmm. it, it's a there's less bells and whistles out on course uh we the one of the great things about doing those ultra long events is you can disconnect even more and so we don't want to be doing things that take away from that experience, that um, kind of take away from the magic of being in the middle of the night of and seeing riding in the stars on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere. Or last year, getting to go through a thunderstorm, you know, like that. Those are just things that are a story later. That it's like if you're distracted by tents and flags and lights and all that stuff, it kind of takes away from that experience to really slow down so it's just you and 150 of your friends doing the same course so
0: that's very cool okay i have one more question and it touches on two things we've already talked about one is women and the other is um super cool pirate swords if somebody really wants that pirate sword and her team drops back to pace her up is there anything surrounding that in the the rules? Or is that just like, be a good human, yeah,
1: like, that that goes, that goes against our self supported rules. So we actually have in our rules that, you know, there's no domestiques allowed. Uh, so if we if we see that happening, we'll the all athletes involved will be disqualified, it's kind of hard to prove. Uh, I was gonna say, that...
0: how do you how do you police that when, you know, groups of eight will form? And if two of those eight happen to be on the same team or three of those eight happen to be on the same team, how can you say, well, they dropped back to help this person, but there's yeah, five it, other it, people it, that we,
1: we hope we don't have that situation. It will definitely have to uh, we really hope that that doesn't happen. It'll. It, we are very clear on that. And uh, so far, like athletes have self-regulated themselves of like, all right, at this event, that's not part of the rules and in some events that is part of the rules and i know there's a bunch of beef on that and all this and that but if if it's like if that's in the rules of the event that's part of the rules of the yeah, event For fair. us, it's it's not in the rules so you you don't do it right and it's like if most times if you have to like dig in and ask about it and analyze it it's like it might there might be more fire there than smoke kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, we haven't had to deal with it here. Luckily um, we, we hope we don't have to. Uh, we hope that this year we, we have changed the the beginning of the event slightly to where we hope that it, it, it makes the women's race a little bit more fair uh, where, so uh, we have the ladies first a thing that we added this year. So the front gate area of the, of the event is going to be reserved for the elite women athletes. So anybody that wants to go, any woman that wants to go for the win, will have the front of the race that is reserved for women. And then after that we'll have a physical barrier of some kind, probably an ATV um, with lights on it. And after that it's normal, like everybody Mm -hmm. lines up all the same and we will have essentially one less mile of neutral for the women's race. So there'll be, Um, once they hit gravel, it's race on for them so they can start um, competing and trying to go for positions. And then, then after that, so they'll, they'll probably get close to a half mile ahead by the time uh, everything gets, you know, the second neutral car is pulled. Yeah. And then the, the idea behind that is that then every single woman has the opportunity to catch any moves that come by them. So, a lot of times that we, what we've seen in, in the women's gravel race is that they, um, they, they just – there was no opportunity to catch those moves that are coming by them, where at least in this situation, they, there is an opportunity. And every single woman can see every move that comes by them if they have the, the, the stamina and the power to go grab a wheel – and pull along as every, as the, the next wave comes by them, then they have the ability to do that and they can see every move that comes by them as well. Hopefully uh, making that a little bit more fair in the women's race. We'll see how uh, this, this plan goes. We we realize that this might not be the answer to make women's gravel racing more fair, uh, but we're trying something. And that was, that's important for us that, Um, I know that that comes up a lot when it comes to women gravel cycling. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're trying something. We don't want to get rid of the mass start. We don't want to change the experience for the 99% of the people that are there just to ride. Uh, but we also want to make, if, if we're celebrating the peak of human performance, we want to make sure that it's fair for all the athletes that are there. So we'll see. Uh, we have a couple other ideas. If this doesn't work, we're, we'll try something next year um, or adapt what we did this year. We'll see how it goes. And, um, yeah, we, we don't want the conversation, especially this year of with having so many women there, we don't want to have the conversation being about – well, essentially men, we don't want it to right. be about men's sports, right? We want it to yep. be about the women that are here to celebrate. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. We're trying something. And I think, I think, I hope more races try something in, in gravel because gravel so unique as a cycling sport. So it, it the solution needs to be unique, right? At the yeah. I don't think the answer is two separate races. That's not the answer at all. Um, to me, at least, uh, and so so we need to find a unique situation for a, ne- a unique uh, problem we currently have right now, and and make the women's elite race more exciting and more fair for everyone involved.
0: Kind of the beauty and the joy is like the book is being written now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, it is, and 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 also the the great thing about gravel is every race is different, and that and that's okay. And I know some. Some people get upset by different races' rules, and they're not the way that they would do it. But, again, it kind of goes back to the diversity thing. It's like, isn't it more exciting that at the elite level that every race is different, every checkpoint's different? Like, it, it just everything's different. Everybody has slightly different rules and that that's okay. And it, it makes gravel. That's what makes gravel exciting is it's right. not this cookie cutter. The roads aren't always perfectly smooth. Yep. Like, you know, the, it's not the exact same every single time that you just changed the turns on it's, it's every single race is different from top to bottom. And it's, that's super exciting. So, uh, yeah, we're, I, I celebrate the differences in races. If the, if, they, if a promoter wants to do it a certain way, great, do it, do it a certain way. And you know, we're going to do it our way. And that's awesome too. And we'll just keep making changes and hopefully keep making, keep making gravel a little bit better.
0: Perfect. I love it. Well, I'll, I'll, we've been an hour, so I'm going to wrap up here, but tell people how to hunt you down, how to find you, how to sign up, how to follow you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we still, uh, have registration open until August 1st. Uh, we're, we're really unique that we have a lot. We're a big gravel town as far as gravel towns go. So we have a lot more resources where we don't really have to close registration yet. We might get to a point where we have to do that. Uh, I looked the other day and we still have 25 hotels under $95 here in Lincoln. So we, we have a, a lot of hotels. We have a lot of restaurants because we're, we're a big college town as well as the capital of the state of Nebraska. So, um, There, there aren't very many gravel towns that the population's 300,000 people. So we have plenty of resources. We're going to keep registration open this year until August 1st. Uh, If you go to gravel-worlds.com, you can get signed up. Or if you want to just come out and hang out, we'd love to have you there. Uh, Or or if you want to volunteer, we always love having people volunteer uh, if you volunteer, you get guaranteed, uh, entry for 2023, uh, as well as a free meal ticket and everything. So you get, we feed you all you're here too. And we make a donation on your behalf to uh, the Lincoln parks foundation. So, uh, yeah, all, all good things. We'd love to have you here. You can sign up at our, uh, for volunteering at gravel worlds.com too. So, uh, and you can find us on Instagram. If you just search gravel worlds or pirate cycling league on, on Instagram or Facebook.
0: I asked you earlier about the recipe for what makes an event successful, and I feel like one of the things you left out is optimism and positivity. And I just feel that <sighs> oozing from your very pores, and I love it.
1: Oh, that means a lot. That oh, that makes me smile. Good. I'm so, glad. I'm glad because I, I feel like yeah, that's
0: your what the, that's what you're doing here is making people smile, and that's what it's all about. I, I
1: oh, thank you. Uh, I'm blushing. Uh, thank you. But, uh, I, I it's all it. Yeah, it goes back to the. I just. I'm so thankful to get to do what I do uh, and get to be a part of gravel. It's, it's incredible. And I, I, I say it all the time. I am just incredibly, incredibly thankful to get to do this and get to be a part of this. So thank you for getting, letting me be on the podcast and just talk about gravel. It's like the best way to have a beer is just talk. about
0: Absolutely. Gravel. <laughs> cheers, my friend. Cheers. All we'll right, see you cheers, on the gravel <laughs> rose. Uh,
1: thanks tons for
0: your, uh, your time, energy, and best of luck with your event this year
1: well thank you so much I hope to see you here or see you eventually so thank you so much for sharing absolutely thanks for tuning
0: in to Bike Talk with Dave I can't thank Jason enough for taking time out of his busy schedule so close to their event in August remember you can head over to gravel worldscom to find out all about it and to sign up Maybe you can be the one thousand and first woman and if you love podcasts, check out his podcast with one of his partners, Sophia Gibson. It's a great listen. That's gravel family podcast. Now I've got an extra special treat for you today in actual time, July 5th Wout Van art rode an incredible finish in stage four of the tour de France attacking on the final category four climb about seven miles from the finish. He got away and rode solo all the way to the line, winning his first stage of 2022, all while wearing the yellow jersey. It really was incredible. So I had to dig back into my archives and I found a clip of him after finishing second to Ertz in the Jingle Cross World Cup in 2018. It's not a very good audio, I really was just needing some quotes for a story in Cyclocross magazine. So I caught him in a barn that had a DJ blasting tunes. But you gotta grab lightning when you can. So here's just a few seconds of my discussion with the now current leader of the Tour de France, Wout van Aert.
1: Praying that it was finished as fast as possible. <laughs>
0: right? Are you uh, feeling old? You feel like you're getting old, like me? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope not. No, no. Like staking me for like a 25 year old yeah (laughs) nice job today yeah fun now back to business bikeiowa.com for hosting bike talk with dave bikeiowa.com is an awesome online community where you can find access to hundreds of trails events and stories about biking in the great state of iowa and the midwest If you're listening from afar, I'd like to invite you to check out all the great trails in Iowa and come for a visit. I tell you, the scenery is awesome, the beer is delicious, and the people are friendly. Get your free 90-day trial on Adventure Plus streaming service. Just click the link in the show notes. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can rate and review. If you'd like to support the show financially and help improve the show, Look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com. I do really appreciate your support. I'll put a link in the notes. Bike Talk with Dave is a production of Summit Media. Give us a follow on Instagram at Summit Media Films or myself at dmable122. I hope you have a great week.